Texas, America, and the world. This is Mark Dankoff coming to you live on the Republic Broadcasting Network with the Dankoff Report on this Friday, February the 2nd, 2024. It is 1 p.m. Central Time. Dr. Patrick Slattery will join me momentarily after I simply cover a couple of stories on Gaza for him. And there's a good chance that maybe at the halfway point of the show, Dr. Slattery has to take off. Dr. David Duke might join us once again. And, of course, at that particular juncture, I'll have some things to say uh, about the Russian-Ukrainian operation uh, as a means of uh, preparing David for the second half of the show if we are able to get him. Let me start out by covering Gaza. By the way, if you're looking at your roadmap, which will accompany this show when it posts, I have had a lot of things to say about Chappaquiddick and Ted Kennedy. Uh, via the film Chappaquiddick, which I finally made myself watch last night. It was a, a product of the 2017 Toronto Film Festival. It's uh, quite a movie. I recommend that you see it if you haven't already. If you're old enough to remember those events, it'll make your blood boil again. If, you're not, if you were not alive at that time and haven't had an opportunity to really delve into Mr. Kennedy's activities, such as they are presently known, about really what happened on July 18th and 19th of 1969, I recommend that you take a look at this film and that you also uh, read the accompanying stories, which I have posted for you in our news description. So let's go directly to Gaza. Here's one from the Times of Israel. U.S. and Israel believe up to 80% of Hamas tunnels are intact after 114 days of war. Report says, quote, after 114 days of fighting, as much as 80% of Hamas's tunnel system beneath the Gaza Strip could still remain intact, the Wall Street Journal reported Sunday. Quote, it's a very hard mission. It's done slowly, very carefully. It's urban warfare unseen globally, the official said. Quote, earlier this month, it was reported that senior Israeli defense officials now assess that Hamas's Gaza tunnel network is between 350 and 450 miles long, far longer than previously believed. There are links there to the Times of Israel and, of course, to the Russian Intel Slava news, uh, news agency. We also have one for you from The Guardian. Quote, after nearly four months of Israeli military operations and 25,000-plus dead, Latest figures, according to Southfront, of course, are 27,000-plus. Hamas is back in northern Gaza, coordinating militant cells, policing communities, and rebuilding governance. In southern Gaza, Hamas remains in quote-unquote firm control. The apparent resurgence of Hamas in areas seized and cleared by Israeli troops during the nearly four-month offensive underlies the difficulties Benjamin Netanyahu faces in meeting his pledge to quote-unquote crush the militant group. Iyal Hulada, who until January of 2023 was the head of Israel's National Security Council, said, quote, We are hearing more, unfortunately, of the recovery of an insurgency in both central and northern Gaza. We're hearing more and more that Hamas are doing policing in northern Gaza and governing trade, and that is a very bad outcome, unquote. As I just mentioned, and I posted it in our news description for you, uh, Southfront is reporting that Gaza fighters remain resilient as the death toll from Israeli attacks now tops 27,000. Uh, you can add some 65 to 67,000 wounded, I suppose. And, of course, the uh, figure still holds that approximately 70% uh, of these victims, dead and wounded, are women and children. Here's another one from South Front. The Israeli army pulls brigade from Gaza's Kunyunis, Kunyunis after facing fierce resistance.
They're all a series of videos that accompany that particular report. Phil Giraldi for Unz today. Israel keeps killing civilians and rejects any sovereignty for Palestinians. Benjamin Netanyahu, I apologize, because <coughs> I'm getting ready to clear my throat. Benjamin Netanyahu shows Joe, shows Joe Biden who's boss. That's Phil Giraldi for Unz. Mike Whitney for Unz today as well. Israel's starvation strategy. Chris Hedges for Unz. The silence of the dam and the way in which Israel is attempting to starve the Gazans into submission. And then, of course, John Mearsheimer has something reposted at lewrockwell.com entitled Israel's Day of Reckoning. The International Court of Justice, the ICJ, issued its order yesterday, which, of course, according to Mearsheimer, was uh, the 26th of January, 2024, in terms of the precise date. That was the precise date on the South African case against Israel involving possible possible genocide in gaza i'll add quotes around possible the order clearly states says mearsheimer that there is one plausible evidence that israel has the intent to commit genocide and two there's plausible evidence that israel is committing genocide south front has a video you need to take a look at the u.s reaps what it sows in the middle east south front also reports to us that hezbollah is launching more attacks amid threats from israel So in this particular situation, what do we got here? We have a situation in Gaza that is far more difficult than what the Israelis were advertising to the world uh, or to their own people in terms of what a pushover this was likely to be, right? I heard that kind of language before from these Zionist neocons. Sounds very familiar by now. But Hezbollah isn't giving it up either in southern Lebanon, and they have indicated that they are ready to go if, in fact, this war widens. At the same time that the Biden administration, uh, we are told, is uh, getting ready to do something militarily against Iran, we'll have to wait and see precisely what that is amidst reports that there is now a division within the Biden administration over just how wise or how stupid that move might prove to be. What do you think, folks? You think that the United States, with its track record just since 2001, thinking of trillions of borrowed dollars, Uh, Millions of people killed, hundreds of thousands of people wounded, hundreds of thousands, millions of people actually displaced, that we are now going to move into a phase with the United States having failed to deal adequately with the Afghan issue, the United States having screwed the pooch in Iraq and Libya, the United States continuing its illegal operations in Syria without one shred of legal pretense for what they're doing. Does the U.S. truly believe truly believe that Russia and China and Iran can possibly be dealt with if they and their surrogates really decide to fight. Paul Craig Roberts has something to say today about that very issue. We'll take a look at that later. Dr. Slattery, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much for having me on, Mark. Well, uh, how does my voice sound? I've been uh, this has been a kind of a tough week for me on a variety of different fronts. We won't bore our listeners with that, but uh, despite the fact that I uh, did some stumbling as the uh, as my throat was tickling a little bit, I think I got through it okay. And uh, let's hear what you have to say about Gaza, especially. And I want to emphasize this for all of our listeners. Doctor Slattery was saying from the beginning that the longer this situation went on in Gaza the tougher it was going to get for Israel militarily, tactically, strategically, and last but not least, 
politically, uh, as Mearsheimer, of course, outlines that for us today at Lou Rockwell. Uh, what can we now expect out of the Israelis and their Ziocon backers in the American government, Dr. Slattery? Do these people even know what they're going to try next? Uh, I, th- I think there there are a variety of opinions within the American government and, and in Israel. <laughs> they, I said that this was going to get, the longer it goes on, it's the worse it's going to get. Uh, partly, I had the example of Ukraine right in front of me, where the, the longer it went on, the worse it got, which was no surprise. This is what we were, we were both saying from, from the get-go. Uh, if, in the case of Ukraine, had the strategy been rolled out in 2016, uh, when Victoria Nuland, uh, well, maybe even in 2015, when she was when she was in the Obama administration, if Obama had signed off on it, uh, it might have worked. Uh, and of course, Trump kicked her out on his inauguration day. And by the time she was back in and ready to and had a cooperative president, Joe Biden, whom, by the way, had been Obama's Ukraine uh, viceroy, the term that that uh, Professor Stephen F. Cohen used. Exactly. And was in close contact, close coordination with Victoria Newland during Obama's second term. If, if they had rolled out this plan uh, six, seven, eight years earlier, it may well have worked. They may well have gotten crippling economic sanctions. China may well have gone along with it. They were in a weaker position. They, their relations with Russia weren't as strong. It might have worked for them. But it, it was too late. It was the same plan, but it, it was its shelf life had expired. And I think Netanyahu, now he's been pushing for an American attack on Iran for decades. And remember, he was first, what was his first term as prime minister? I think it was 1996 to 1998. I think that was his first term. It was right around then. It was it, when it was during the Clinton administration. And he's been pushing for this forever. And it looked like when, uh, the 9-11 happened and George Bush got up and read his speech written for him by uh, the, the Canadian Jew, Paul Fromm, where he said there's an axis of evil and he threw Iraq into it. He threw, Afghan- he threw um, Iran into it. Had the United States not already been overextended with wars in Afghanistan and Iraq that weren't going well, it's the type of thing that, that uh, Cheney and, and the Bushies, they might have they done. Uh, Obama seemed to have cold feet. It wasn't on uh, Trump. You know, Trump talked really, really hostilely about Iran. You never know what it means when Trump says things. I mean, he he called little Ro- he called Kim Jong Un little rocket man and said that he he had more nuclear weapons than Kim Jong Un. I mean, he was really really hostile to him. And then next thing you know, they're like they're in. Uh, Hanoi trying to get a motel room. You know, <laughs> it was really kind of yes. weird. So you never know. You never know with uh, with these people. But had had the an attack on Iran happened uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it might have devastated. I, it wouldn't have been any more successful than Afghanistan in Iraq in the long run, but they might have been able to get away with it without it destroying the Israeli state or the American state. But now, 
uh, this is 2024. The United States is is losing its proxy war to Russia. The Russia-China-centered BRICS alliance, which is now incorporating, basically incorporating the Arab League into it. You've got three Arab League members who have joined BRICS. This is now the center of, of world power. It's not the United States. So Israel doesn't have the... Um, it can't act with impunity. It doesn't have the protection of the, the world's only hegemon. The United States is not the world hegemon anymore. And so, uh, but, but Netanyahu, went, he, he's moving forward with this, this plan, and it's past its shelf life, and it's not going to work out any better than Victoria Newland's plan. And the longer it goes on, I say the more territory that Israel is going to lose. They're gonna, they're, I can't imagine them coming out of this with uh, continued control over the West Bank and uh, and East Jerusalem, including the Jewish settlements, 700,000 Jews, I think at least, and the Golan Heights too, the Golan. I think at least 700,000 Jews are going to be removed from those areas and their homes given to Gaza refugees. I think that's like kind of a minimal. And the, the longer this goes on, the more, uh, the, the deeper the hole that, Netanyahu digs for his people. Uh, so I'll kick it back to you, Mark. Well, you know, one of the things, Patrick, that Dr. Slattery, that's very interesting to me. Patrick's fine. Uh, our, uh, our old friend Paul Craig Roberts has a post today at Lou Rockwell uh, that basically is indicating that uh, we will be very lucky, in Dr. Roberts' words, uh, if we can uh, avoid an insane Zionist neoconservative attack on Iran. Now, interestingly enough, I happen to agree with him on this simply because the uh, this Zionist neoconservative cabal that is running American foreign policy uh, is absolutely irrational, it seems to me, uh, and they have no ability, and I think Alexander Mercurius has put this as well as anyone at the Duran. These people don't know... T- uh, how to back off of bad decisions and bad policy and bad ideological context. The only thing that these people know uh, how to do is simply to put the, the, the foot to the floorboard in regard to an acceleration of the very things, the very things that have us in the mess, the United States, uh, in the mess that it's presently in. Now, in that piece, Dr. Roberts was underscoring the fact, as he was being interviewed, uh, that he felt that the best way to absolutely make it clear to these American neocons uh, what was uh, definitely going to happen if they proceed any further with this nonsense, with these murderous policies, with these uh, what what is basically. Uh, an increasingly uncontrolled insanity that seems to have undertaken uh, the mind of Newland and uh, among others. Uh, 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 Dr. Roberts indicates that a formal alliance between Russia, China, and Iran, if that could be undertaken, now whatever has been going on in private diplomatic consultations and communications between these three powers is, of course, a matter of speculation. Uh, But in this particular instance, Dr. Roberts believes that that is the only way 
that there is going to be a deterrent factor that will cause even the people like Newland uh, and uh, John Bolton and Mike Pompeo and Nikki Haley and the rest of these lunatics uh, to back off. Is that your reading of the situation? Or uh, do you think that the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians can convey uh, behind the scenes on a joint basis to the Ziocon leadership of the United States that uh, the red lines have been drawn, that uh, unlike the Biden administration and uh, the uh, Obama administration and others, these red lines are not going to be withdrawn, and that an American attack on Iran to divert from this Gazan tragedy and to divert from what is happening in Ukraine uh, will result uh, presumably in a full-fledged war. What's your reading on this? Do you think that there's any way uh, that Russia, China, and Iran can convey to the administration and to these uh, lunatics with the EU and NATO what's going to happen if this whole uh, incredibly dangerous idea is is undertaken? Well, what's your, what's your sense of this? So there is... There is a lot of coordination between Russia, China, and Iran. And there are at least a certain amount of back channels. They, they are trying to communicate. Uh, and, and people in the so-called Biden administration are, <coughs> some of them are trying to communicate and utilize these back channels. Uh, so what's going to happen? Well, here's the thing. I, like, I don't think there is a JHQ. Jewish headquarters, right? I think Jewish, and this is, this war, war in Iran is a Jewish agenda, but um, there's, there's, if, oh, well, I guess we'll be back. Eddie Arnold is tipping us off that we are at a station break. July, you're a woman, 1970, the Tennessee Plowboy. We will be back with the Dan Koff Report and with Dr. Slattery. Stay tuned. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth-ounce bars. 
And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else, tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilajit literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilajit has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Make the world go away And get off my shoulders Say the things you used to say And make the world go away Do you remember we are back. You are listening to the Dancoff Report with Dr. Patrick Slattery joining me here in this first hour. I understand we're going to try and drum up Dr. David Duke for the second half of the show. I will simply say up. that... What's conjure that? Him up. You're going to conjure yes. him up. So, conjure him up. Okay. Very good. Beam me up, David. Anyway... Uh, in terms of uh, what we where we have been thus far in regard to this show, Dr. Slattery has been taking us through this whole dreadful scenario uh, of what is presently going on in Gaza, uh, yeah. along with its incredible lunacy that is being circulated in just some quarters of the Biden administration uh, about attacking Iran. Uh, which is uh, absolutely beyond the pale, of course. I have mentioned already Paul Craig Roberts' story at Lou Rockwell today. We will be very lucky to escape a U.S. attack on Iran. Uh, Dr. Roberts actually says it is what everyone in Washington wants, except the U.S. military, but the decision will not be made by the military. So no. very, very interesting statement there. And uh, how how long does the American military uh, go along with this, folks, in regard to what at least presumably well, some sane people in the American national security establishment know to be uh, actions uh, that are not only detrimental to the true national security of the United States, but might get the, all mm-hmm. of us killed? What do you yeah. think, Doctor? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And if they wanted the military to be making decisions, and I, I say this, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but they they wouldn't have put the military uh, under the charge of two black men, right? If they if they were expecting the military to be making decisions, they don't want the military to make decisions. Decisions are going to be made in the State Department and the White House. 
Um, and as much as I, I, you know, I'm a big Eddie Arnold fan too. I don't want uh, Victoria Newland and Benjamin Netanyahu to make the world go away. I don't want that to happen. Yes. But the, the reason that these things could happen is because there is no JHQ. There, you know, you've got the Israeli cabinet, you've got the State Department, you've got Hollywood, you've got Wall Street, you've got the conference of 50 uh, dep- uh, heads of Jewish organizations. You've got all sorts of uh, loci, locuses of uh, Jewish power. And if there was one central headquarters that had smart people that were making decisions and and giving orders and capable of learning from mistakes, they would have a reverse gear. But decisions are, are being made by individuals. In, like in the case of uh, Ukraine, uh, you're talking about Zelensky, you're talking about Victoria Newland. They have they have no future uh, other than what they're doing. They can't they can't back out without losing power, without losing their position and losing their any future career, any credibility. They don't, that's why they don't have a, a reverse gear. Netanyahu too. Netanyahu doesn't he doesn't have a future other than this. So for Netanyahu, uh, for his personal calculus, taking a long shot at a war with Iran, a long shot where. Um, the odds of them winning aren't great and the odds of them losing and and losing a lot losing a whole lot are big but from his own point of view um he's got if he backs out he's got no future and if if the um fecal matter hits the ventilation device he's not going to be suffering particularly poorly neither i mean victoria newland if they fight to the last ukrainian uh and and lose well what's the worst that happens to victoria newland uh, she just she retires just as she would if they backed out. This this is why they have no reverse gear is because it is decentralized, and you have um, factions of people who are pushing factions, groups, individuals who who are pushing for policies that um, don't make a whole lot of sense that are long shot policies. But in the end of the day, uh, to the extent that even the Jewish people uh, or the Israeli people suffer adverse consequences the people who are actually pushing for it aren't really going to suffer particularly adverse policy so from the decision makers point of view uh just just you know pedal to the metal and that's that's a big risk for us because we really all could wind up facing world war three if um you know, I don't know how much people in the United States can do about it. I think the people really in the driver's seat, the people, the adults in the room are the Iranians, the uh, the Russians, the Chinese, the Arab League, even Hamas. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting uh, going back to something that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And, of course, I will simply direct our listeners to the roadmap in terms of this movie Chappaquiddick. Uh, which uh, came out in 2017. I always wait about seven or eight years before I watch one of these. That's the way I am. And then, of course, I do plenty of reading after the fact. And in this Chappaquiddick situation, I think the movie quite fairly depicts uh, the entire modus operandi, not only of Ted Kennedy, 
uh, but of 99% of his uh, quote-unquote advisors, uh, with the exception of a very tragic figure named Joseph Gargan. I will put up something on uh, Mr. Gargan in the uh, show description so that people can study this rather fascinating gentleman who rather stood alone in that circumstance. We'll be back. Ed Arnold and with Dr. Patrick Slattery and David Duke, and I'll be back to my thoughts in just a moment. Stay tuned. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. I can't hold it on the road. 
We are back with the Dan Coff Report here on this Friday, February the 2nd. 2024. Uh, Dr. Slattery had to depart. That was uh, prearranged, of course. He agreed to help me with this Gazan question for all of you. And uh, I will carry the second half of the show. Uh, <coughs> if we uh, end up uh, finding uh, David Duke, that'll be fine. Otherwise, I certainly have plenty of stuff to cover here uh, that uh, gets into something I was going to mention uh, uh, when we went away to the break. On this whole question of the connection between Chappaquiddick and the events of July of 1969, and certainly what seems to me to be going on now in regard to these uh, Ziocons in the Biden administration, uh, as well as uh, their counterparts in the Republican Party, uh, to be fair about this, uh, who want their power and who want their money and their influence to continue even though multipolarity is working against them, the Russian military renaissance is working against them. The various ignitions of these conflicts in the Middle East and in Ukraine that have been started by these people are now all backfiring against them. What is the connection with this Chappaquiddick incident of July of 1969? Let me simply say that if you have the opportunity to watch that film, please do so. It uh, goes back to 2017, goes back to the uh, Toronto uh, Film Festival of that year. I have posted a, a very fine review of that film uh, up on your roadmap, and that comes to us from The Guardian. And in this particular case, what you will discover, what many of us, of course, had known about Kennedy for many years, uh, those of us old enough to remember the Chappaquiddick incident and the incredibly sordid character of uh, what preceded it, as well as what followed it, as well as the questions that will never be answered about really what went on that night. Nonetheless, one of the things that clearly comes forth in terms of the movie's, I believe, totally accurate depiction uh, of Ted Kennedy uh, and his uh, and his political entourage, and that's this. Everything about the situation with the Kopechny tragedy was handled according to how it would benefit Ted Kennedy's ongoing political career. And early on, we see in the movie people like Robert McNamara uh, and Ted Sorensen uh, emerging apparently at the behest of uh, Kennedy's father, who had four months to live at that juncture, to try and find a way politically out of this catastrophe in order that Ted Kennedy might still be politically viable. Politically viable, all right. There was no autopsy performed on Mary Jo Kopechny. Uh The inquest was uh, quietly shut down. 
uh, all kinds of things related to Mr. Kennedy's condition when he was driving that automobile uh, were never uh, uh, quantified uh, to uh, what would have been a very, very uh, unsurprising verdict, I'm sure, as to his blood alcohol level that evening. All of these other questions, though, pale in comparison uh, to the way in which that whole circumstance was handled. If Mr. Kennedy had acted, had acted with great dispatch that night, I am convinced that Mary Jo Kopechny would still be alive. Uh, and it's interesting that even Wikipedia lists the cause of her death not as drowning but as asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. She had apparently approximately 25 minutes to live after that car hit the water. And had Mr. Kennedy reported that accident on a timely basis and had the EMTs and all of the other emergency first responders uh, arrived as they would have, the chances are excellent that that woman's life would have been saved. However, in this particular situation, all of that paled in comparison to Mr. Kennedy's desire to preserve his own political career and the so-called Kennedy legacy, whatever that's supposed to mean. And that's where we see all of these other people who were not in on the accident, but on the cover-up thereafter, uh, were seeing things entirely from a perspective of the continuance of Kennedy's political power, his family's political power, and their political power as top advisors to a man that they still believed could eventually become the president of the United States. Thankfully, he never did. But nonetheless, he later became, over a period of many years, the Lion of the Senate. The Lion of the Senate. You'll never look at this guy the same way again after you've seen this film, if you've not done any reading on this subject on your own over the course of years. And in this particular circumstance, what we are now seeing in the Biden administration and with these Ziocons that control the American government and that buy American elections is a political analysis of what they think is going to benefit them. Now, these people have done nothing but miscalculate and and spend trillions of dollars over time and lose millions of lives and displace millions of people for their agenda. They're still asking themselves the ultimate question of how do we get out of this? How do we preserve ourselves? How do we perpetuate our agenda with all of these things that haven't quite gone the way that we had hoped in terms of our management of what, frankly, folks, is the unmanageable. This is the connection between the Ted Kennedy of 55 years ago and people like Ted Sorensen and Robert McNamara and these other slime buckets around Kennedy who were not thinking about the life of this woman or the moral culpability of Mr. Kennedy in failing to report that accident for 10 hours But it's about the fact that within Mr. Kennedy's uh, entire entourage, the only one apparently with an ounce of conscience, and he would later pay for it with the cessation of his relationship with the Kennedy family, was one Joseph Gargan. I'd urge you to take a look at that name. I'm going to put up something on Mr. Gargan on the road map. But now we're involved in a situation, of course, that simply does not involve the, the tragic end of a young woman's life uh, and uh, what her parents would bear in the way of burden for the rest of their lives. We're now involved in a situation where hundreds of thousands and millions of lives are at stake. 
and where the Ted Kennedys of this world have now become the Victoria Newlands of this world and the Robert Kagans of this world and the John Boltons of this world and the Mike Pompeos of this world. In this particular case, that's the connection that I want you to make. I am told that Dr. Duke is sitting around. Go ahead and add, David, and uh, I will uh, <clears throat> simply say one other thing while you're we're, uh, getting him up on the uh, uh, on the conversation. I'll uh, mention one other article, and then I'll bring Dr. Duke into this for his own commentary. Phil Giraldi's piece today for the UNS Review, Who is the Anti-War Candidate? This is something I had wanted to develop with Dr. Slattery, of course, and uh, he was only able to spend 30 minutes with us. But what are the political implications of this in terms of what is happening in this country? Is there anybody out there who is an anti-war candidate with an ounce of credibility? Yeah, there's even a guy named Kennedy running, but as far as I'm concerned, his credibility has been completely forfeited by his obeisance to the Israeli lobby and the people running around with this Shabbat Lubavitch organization. And in this particular case, read what I have excerpted from this uh, Giraldi article on the roadmap, because it basically crystallizes the fact that from the time of the 2001 9-11 incident onward, that the assault on the Constitution of the United States and the assault on the interests of the average American and the complete duplicity of American governments, Republican and Democratic, in complete alliance with uh, central banking and Wall Street and a uh, completely controlled American news media has brought us to this point. David, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. It's good to hear your voice again. Uh, Patrick and I were trying, of course, to cover a number of things uh, on the show. We uh, did, I think, a decent job, or he did, certainly, with the with the Gazan circumstance. In terms of Gaza, in terms of Ukraine, in terms of this political disaster that is unfolding in these 2024 elections in the United States, uh, where do you see all of this going uh, what uh, what are we to make of any of this other than what seems to be a rather uncontrollable roll down a hill toward cataclysm? Well, you're asking a pretty big question there. Um, <laughs> it's, it is the biggest question. And my answer is we have to approach the one issue that we're not allowed to talk about. The one issue that's the giant It's not only an elephant, it's a mastodon, it's a mammoth, a woolly mammoth in the room with us. That is the real factor in everything going on. Whether you're talking about the destruction of Europe and America with massive immigration, it is a genetic, it is a genealogical, it is a demographic, intentional destruction of the European people. A divide and conquer strategy to forever prevent and the Europeans from getting back control of Europe and America, which are critical to the people that really want world hegemony, that in many ways have it, but they're now feeling very, 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 I should say, uh, extremely, uh, what's the word for it? It's, um, it's, that, it's that medical condition, it's that psychological condition called paranoic they really, really have this paranoia going. And they're getting desperate because they see the world with the with the rising of the Russians and the Chinese. And by the way, the Russians are trying to take over the world. They're just trying to defend their own people and their own land. 
And they're really trying to defend Europe. They even tell Europe that this immigration is a destructive thing for you. The, even the exactly. Asian people, the Chinese, uh, they realize that they want to preserve their Chinese heritage. The only reason we're opposing the Chinese is because the Jews, and that's what I'll say as a group, because they're the only people allowed to be collective. No other people are allowed to have a collective uh, nature, a collective heritage, a collective uh, dedication to their own interests as a people. Europeans aren't allowed to do this. Uh, obviously, Palestinians aren't allowed to do this. Arabs aren't allowed to do this. Uh, people in South and Central America are not allowed to do it. It's the same Jewish international bankers, the same Jewish major media, the same Jewish power that exists in the world's great superpower, America, which is serving as a Jewish golem. So the ultimate answer to all of these questions that you're referring to is the fact that we have a people who are not all Zionists, they're not all Jewish supremacists, but there's no question that organized Jewry, and we're talking about the leading Jewish organizations in the United States, every one of the 52 groups, all of them are pro-Israel, all of them are pro-Zionist, and all of them are pro-Jewish, which means they also support Jews of any scheme, even communist Jews. In fact, there was a big struggle between Jews, between communists and Zionists. And that's really the world over the last 120 years has been totally poised on this seesaw behind or between Zionism and communism. And when the communists were overthrown in Russia, the Jewish communists, I should say, when they were overthrown in Russia and they took back over their own communist party and government in Russia, Russia then, as it was becoming anti-communist, became one of their biggest enemies, and it still is. And, of course, America now is completely controlled by these Jewish elements. Six of the seven of the appointees to the most important uh, cabinet positions in America. We're talking about Mayorkas is one of those. He's just been impeached, by the way, by conservatives. We can talk about Merrick Garland, who controls our Department of Injustice. And, and really, it is a, it's, it's a Department of Justice, not Justice. It's about Jewish issues, including prosecuting people for insurrection when they were simply protesting at the Capitol. And these people have led us into war. They've led us into the destruction of our human rights, our civil rights, our free speech rights. And then, of course, we have the State Department run by Blinken, who's Jewish. We have Victoria Nuland, who's running that in these orchestrating these wars. We have the Treasury Department run by Yellen. We have the Federal Reserve, which has, happens to have a Shabbos Goyen right now. But five out of the seven leaders of the, of the Internal Revenue, uh, well, not the Internal Revenue Service, I should say, the, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank, which is a real powerful bank, which is really controlled by Goldman Sachs. The head of the, uh, the FEC, for instance, the, the uh, excuse me, the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission, is another Jew. Uh, who was a Goldman Sachs alumni. Uh, we have the head of the Treasury who's a Jew. Uh, we can just keep going on and on and on about these things. This is what is the, what's, what's making the world go around today. And well, let, me ask, are, let me ask you a question, Dr. Duke. I, sure, please. Watching, watching what is going on in Europe, where, yeah. of course, uh, the alternative for Deutschland Party uh, is ever increasing in its uh, popularity as far as the polls are concerned there. Yeah. There is clearly a, a movement afoot on the part of the 
German globalist establishment to ban the political party. We have the. Uh, they uh, banned the N- NPD there uh, just the other day. And, <laughs> yes. And uh, and they, and they are really good people. I know all the people in that organization. I know a lot of the people in the F- in the, the alternative party too. Uh, I know a lot of people who've written some of their ski- speeches. In- and, and they're really this, going to a, a no free speech thing. You have to understand, and everybody knows that in the right wing, whether they talk about the Jewish question or not, but that's at the core of all this. They are going into a total world tyranny mode. That's really what they're going to. They're going, they want to eliminate free speech entirely. They want to eliminate all real true political parties. They want to eliminate free elections. They want to control everybody's mind by controlling the Encyclopedia of the World, which they already control through Wikipedia, which is run by a Jewish Zionist who won a million-dollar prize from Bar-Land University in Israel. And he says openly in Israel that he's a Zionist. And that's controlling the world encyclopedia. About everybody that people looks up in their encyclopedia is Wikipedia, which is should be called Wikipedia. It's, it's Wikijupedia is what it should be called. And they control Google, they control Facebook, they control the biggest media corporations on earth. They control the fundraising of both major parties, including the biggest two fundraisers. The biggest fundraiser of the Republican Party today is Shell Adelson. He's dead now, but his wife is continuing the tradition. And he wanted to bomb in Iran with nuclear weapons. I mean, a vicious, vile, Zionist, murderous Jew. Who supported Israel, which, by the way, it's got to be said this because it's never talked about by any of these so-called conservatives or so-called America firsters. Israel has committed more terrorism against us and made terrorism possible against us than any other country in in the world. Israel has not only attacked us with terrorist attacks in the Levant affair, which is American places in Egypt where they had the Mossad bomb American installations, planning to bomb them. They were caught red-handedly and bomb American bookstores, American movie theaters, American schools, all these things. They were caught red-handed and Israel was behind this, admittedly. And they were given awards by the Israeli government. That was a terrorist operation, a bombing operation against America. The Liberty killed 34 American sailors, Navy men, in international waters against international law, bombed and napalmed and murdered and maimed 173 wounded by the Israeli government because the uh, USS Liberty was an intelligence ship and it had the evidence of Israeli war crimes against the Egyptians and other during the 67 war. Now, that's a fact. Israel also was had the most damaging spy in the entirety of the history of America, which was Jonathan Pollard. Another one of these Jews who obviously have no dual loyalty. In fact, dual loyalty is a big damn lie. The truth is that most of the powerful Jews in America have no dual loyalty, not to Israel and America. They have single loyalty to Israel. Rahm Emanuel, who is the chief of staff, of course, the, of, the, uh, of the administration for our black Shabbos Goy president, <laughs> Barack Obama, right, He went and served in the Israeli army. He didn't serve in the American army. These people are loyal to Israel. And Jonathan Pollard sold out America to the Soviets at the time. They caused the death of hundreds of our operatives. Even our secretary of defense said this was the most damaging spy in American history. So how in the hell, excuse me for getting excited here, but how in the 
hell can any Republican or any American firster dare say that Israel is our greatest ally? They've committed terrorism against our country. And they also supported the rise of ISIS, which every American president since the rise of ISIS has said is a great enemy to Europe, a great enemy to America. They killed Americans with terrorism. They killed Europeans. And yet I can show you in Israeli newspapers where the Israeli establishment supported the rise of ISIS in Syria, which also killed hundreds of thousands of Syrians. And by the way, Syria was not our enemy. Syria was for the same things we are for in America. The reason why Syria became our enemy is because Syria recognized that the real threat to humanity, the real threat to America, the real threat to the Arab people, the real threat to the world was not Syrians or Muslims or Russians. The real threat is Jewish supremacism over this entire globe. That's my take on these things. Hope well, I wasn't too uh, extreme yeah, it, for you. It, it, well, no, it's a, it's a take that I absolutely agree with. I think the evidence supports it. Now, let me ask you a question. With the indications that in Europe uh, that uh, European nationalism and populism uh, seem to be finding uh, particularly effective support, for example, uh, with, uh, with uh, German and French farmers, for example, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things as I watch all of that go on, and then look at the United States, where on the one hand, of course, uh, it is quite clear what global homo and a Jewish New World Order are trying to do to this country uh, with the, this uh, uh, aiding and abetting of this foreign invasion of the United States. We've had seven and a half million illegals cross into this country from our southern border just since Biden has been president of the right. United States. Now, right. here we have Greg Abbott who on the one hand uh, seems to be doing all the right things in trying to gain the control of that border on the part of the Texas State Guard and the, uh, and the people of Texas. And yet at the same time, let me ask uh, two things I want, I'm going to drive at here in these final minutes. At the, well, same, time, <clears throat> at the same time, uh, Greg Abbott is obviously pro-Zionist and pro-Israel himself, Right. Uh, that that's a matter of record, as is the Texas State Republican Party. Now, how long does that kind of political contradiction exist within the American right? That's the first question. Right. And secondly, in regard to a wider uprising, if we can use that term honestly, if there is to be a wider uprising among the people of the United States, uh, against these global homo new world order policies, which include this, include this wholesale support of Israel and all that it really stands for, uh, do we have an advantage over these European populists in that uh, we have a lot more people in this country, frankly, who are armed uh, than is a case with anyone in Europe? Is it going to come down potentially to a domestic shooting war? Do you really think it could come to that? It could come to that. And if you ask me, the, and this is the question of the day, that's the $64 trillion question or $64 quadrillion doctor question, uh, great question. It's this contradiction about saving America will continue until that contradiction is broken. Because the fact is the source of, if you talked about critical theory, for instance, like critical racial theory, critical gender theory, which is showing our families. Uh, causing them the absolute 
uh, disfiguration of our own young children. It's insane. When you talk about gender theory, feminism, low birth rates, whether you, whether you talk about the immigration that's destroying America and the West, this is all at source Jewish-driven change, Jewish-driven genocide. The fact is we're all Palestinians now. They don't have enough Jews to replace all Americans, but they do have enough Jews in America to replace us all as the media heads. They, they replace us all as the biggest bankers like Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan, which are two Jews that run those two biggest banks in America. They do control the Federal Reserve. They do control major industry, Hollywood. And, and, and the truth is, I'll give you a, a fact of the matter. And I want to be very careful about how I phrase this. The truth is, the real, you know, Nazism is alive in this world. But it's not, the Jews aren't the Nazis in the real sense of what the Germans were. The Jews are Nazis in the sense of the way they portray Nazis in Hollywood movies. They are everything they accuse the Nazis of. They are rapists. They are murderers. They are absolute, uh, they're trying to take over the world, which they really have most of the world under their control. They had an American military bases. They are truly Nazis. They are, they are totally, totally uh, corrupt. They are behind, you know, they're behind everything that we, we complain about. In fact, the whole gender, the quality theory, that what's called gender uh, theory, what's called critical theory, was all started by the Frankfurt School, which were all Jewish. Every one of them was Jewish. Adorno, uh, all. In these all final Jewish. seconds, Dr. Duke, do we still have a chance to defeat these people or is it all over? Hell yes yeah, no? we're going to defeat them because you know what? The whole world's understanding. Jews, all over the world are being branded what they should be. They are the original genociders. They are the original, original mass killers. And they're genociding the Palestinians. And they're genociding Europe. And it's time we all rise up and remove them from power. We're not going to do anything terrible to Jews. What we're going to do is we're going to take away their power to destroy this world we live in and to move us on to World War III and to tyranny in this world. Yes, we have a chance, and we're going to win. Go to DavidDuke.com and also take a listen to RentsRadio.com, my, my show, every day, Monday through Friday. Bye-bye. Thank you. See you next week, folks. That was God a great bless show. you. Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. truth, truth.